Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, I'm Paco Romain. And I am George Chen. And today, George and I will be going over some documentaries and some biopics that we've watched in the last few weeks during this pandemic sit-in. And uh, we're going to tell you what we liked and what we didn't like. Yeah, uh, there's so much has happened the last few weeks since we've actually talked, Paco. There's been a world of world events that are going to be dated at some point, but all worthy of their own documentary. There's been so much going on. This is true. And matter of fact, we even were asking people on our, our Twitter page, uh, which is at SupDoc Podcast, follow us, uh, about like what, what would they like to see in a doc and what docs we should be covering. So we'll talk about all that and some, uh, some great, like I said, some up, great upcoming docs and some not so great and even some biopics. Um, so let's start off with The Night Stalker. Ooh, this one. Yeah. I did not watch it, but I lived the experience of being alive during this oh. in California. Like, just like we were in San Jose, but we were still like so afraid of this dude. Like, this is like the biggest boogeyman, I think, next to nuclear holocaust and uh, aliens yes. when I was a kid. Yeah. Interesting. I kind of forgot you grew up out here and you were you're the right age to be scared in like the early 80s, right? He was, he was never in the Bay Area, right? But no, he, still, he came to San Francisco. Oh, my f- God. Yeah, I remember. Like, we were in the suburbs, but still, like, I remember just me and my cousins and my sister just being like, Afraid to go have to we're having a sleepover and just being afraid to like, you know, lock every door like the Night Stalker is coming for us. Wow. Just that pick that drawing of him. Oh, my God. So scary and creepy. Um, Yeah. See, I didn't have that growing up in Michigan. However, when I when I was a kid thinking about California, I like serial killers were always in like skateboarders, palm trees, and serial killers. That's what I thought California was when I was growing up. And abandoned pools. It seemed like not wrong. Not wrong on any of those fronts. Right. Yeah. No lies detective. Uh there is so um and I love I love true crime. And I'm, I do love myself some serial killers, but man, I was not fucking prepared for Richard Ramirez and his fucked up mind and what he did. I didn't even know. I I didn't know. I didn't know he came to San Francisco either. I didn't know that was a thing. I thought he was all LA, but he came up here because they were hot on his trail in, in, in LA. And he came to up here to San Francisco where I'm at and, and killed some people. Um, and so, yeah, yeah. He was one of those kind of cats that like, you know, man, childhood trauma just fucks up everybody. Some people, you know, there's a meme. I actually shared it not that long ago, which is like, I'm really glad that my family gave me just enough trauma to make me funny, but not homicidal or suicidal. You know, like it's one of those things. But the obviously this cat and his dad, uh, it was too much because he fucked up this dude. And Richard Ramirez is a killer, not just a killer, but a rapist and a child molester. Well, he raped kids, too, which I didn't know. 
I yeah, I having not seen this, uh, would you recommend it to someone like me who's not necessarily like a true crime like lover? I'm a reluctant true crime follower. I would say yes, I would. I would because it's 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 a well-made four-part doc series. It is a little it's becoming George It's becoming one of those things where it was like it could have been two parts. Seriously, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I, for you're kind of asking a lot from viewers uh, to, for four separate episodes, hour long episodes. I mean, he did do a lot of fucked up shit and it makes sense. And solving the case is pretty interesting. But I don't know. There's a lot of like extra editing and weirdness that I'm like, but we don't really need this stuff. Do you feel like there's spoilers in this conversation that could potentially happen? Even though, like, I, you know, like, as someone who has not followed the story since, I mean, I remember him getting caught. And I remember just when you finally saw pictures of this guy, I was like, yeah, that looks right. That looks like a human (laughs) chupacabra. Right. Pretty much. I don't know if there's spoilers. I mean, I think people who are going to watch this probably have a decent idea of who Richard Ramirez was and what he did. I mean, there are things in it that I didn't know about. Um, Like I said, I didn't know that he also targeted kids. Um, But it's it's a decent documentary series. If you're if you are a fan of true crime, definitely watch it. If you are a fence sitter on true crime, it's pretty fucked up. There's a lot of fucked up stuff that they show and they talk about. Um, you may not like it because again, it's takes, it's going to take four hours of your life to get through this stuff, you know? So mm-hmm. I, I would yeah. say like for true crime fans, definitely watch it for people that are not quite like, uh, you know, I mean, give or take a serial killer or two. You, there are, there are better docs out there. Mm-hmm. Filmmaking wise, thumbs up, thumbs down. It's okay. Like I said, I think mm-hmm. the editing was a little, too much. I think there becomes a point where you realize they're just trying to fill up four hours. Lots mm-hmm. of B-roll stuff, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and there's there's a couple of detectives they talk to the most. And, you know, there's the like, like the how the, one of the cops always has to cry about something, you know, that they remember, you know. Um, so... I, I, the filmmaking was okay, and the it was, like, a lot of editing and a lot of, like, I feel like stuff they put in because they were probably pitched at Netflix. It was like, we want four episodes, and they're like, oh, shit. All right. <laughs> going to have a lot of, like, drive driving around L.A. shots. I can't tell with things like this if it's someone's passion project or if it was just, like, Netflix being like, we need another serial killer. Right. You know, like, well, is it a passion project or? No, I don't think it was a passion project personally. I don't know. I don't, I wish I could tell you who made, I don't know who, who made this. Um, yeah. But it, it does a good job, I think, of showing the fear that people had in Southern LA when he was just like randomly driving around and fucking murdering people mm-hmm. and raping people. Um, it's kind of weird because they were like, w- you know, we're asking LA residents to lock their doors. You would think that there was a, like there was a time in LA where nobody locked their doors or windows. What a weird, like that doesn't seem right. Uh, I, I having not seen this, I did watch a fictional serial killer thing. That's all Southern California, which is, uh, the little things Watched that last night, which is Denzel, uh, Rami Malik and Jared Leto. Okay. And it's all, all just like, but it's also this thing where it's like, it's from like, it takes place in 1990. It's like, oh yeah, like there's a lot of mechanics of uh, scripts from then that don't make sense now because of cell phones. Uh, so it actually kind of like, like certain plot points 
would not tr- do not translate to now. But also this notion of like drifters and like not being able to like you not not having a complete digital trail of where you are at any given moment. Uh, interesting. Uh, or or different forensics in in that time period as well. But yeah, so yeah, I, I I've been thinking about California serial killers since last night as well. Yeah. Uh, so Night Stalker, that's that's your take. I I probably will end up watching it at some point. Um, but messed up fathers, I think, is a good segue into our next topic, which is Tiger, the Tiger Woods two-part uh, docu-series. I gotcha. Mini yeah. Series on Haven't HBO. seen it. What'd you think? Whew. Um, I th- didn't care about this guy at all initially. Tiger Woods. Um, yeah. I mean, like, I understood that he was a significant figure for different reasons and also like sort of breaking a color barrier in a very white sport, which of, which is golf. Um, what I think Matthew Hamachek and Matthew Heineman are the directors of this film. I believe it is based on a book, uh, about tiger that was written, uh, in 2018. And so the, the plot lines, I think, it's, it's pretty interesting. I didn't really remember this either that he had won the masters after all these like downfalls and drug issues and all sorts of addiction issues that had been, you know, following him around for years. I didn't realize he had had a comeback. So he had a full on comeback. Absolutely. Uh, at a did. point in his career in his forties where no one expected it. Um, Good reveals. The thing is, I didn't really follow the story very well, other than remembering that he, you know, had this like Thanksgiving breakdown, crashed his car, uh, turned out to be seeing dozens of women right. outside of his marriage, um, and 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 a few like good interviews with like I'm like his caddy. Uh, <laughs> people that were his friends yeah. uh, that he doesn't talk to anymore. But really, it's a portrait. I think the family dynamics are the most interesting part of the Tiger's story. He was hitting golf balls at two years old on national television. Right. Um, and then just had this sort of like one track uh, agenda foisted on him by his father, Earl. Uh, and not a lot of... His mother, Tita, did not do as many interviews as Earl, for sure. Oh, so the dad's in this? I mean, well, they're all posthumous. He died in 06. So they're all, you know, just he just did tons of interviews back in the day. Um, Tiger is not interviewed directly by the filmmakers. It's all footage from other interviews he's been doing. But uh, there's so many interviews he did over the years. Um I didn't feel like I understood all the things that drove this guy and uh, or, or like if he was genetically gifted or just like forced into this by someone at such a young age that he just like became so driven. But it breaks down a lot of things like, you know, not, I didn't know a lot about him, but I learned a lot about what motivated him and his father being a military guy. I didn't know he had done these weird like military drill like hanging out with navy seals and like doing their exercises with them and it totally jacked his knees up so like when he did his uh i think it was augusta in 2014 or something he had a he had like no he had like no acl right yeah he was and he won right which is insane well there's like i don't know much about golf but there are some tournaments where you can't use a cart 
and he had to just walk and he has a really bad back and like yeah. bad knees and it because of like gentlemen's rules you can't have a cart or something like that and like um so he was paying playing through like extreme pain which led to his like pill addiction you know mm, yeah. uh, i have a friend who who watched this documentary he said my only two takeaways from this documentary is tiger wood loves golf and fucking so that's <laughs> that was his review I mean, it seemed to run in the family. It was a a theme that recurred. Uh, But also not having... Okay, so it's a kind of film where there's no first-person access other than what's in the archive. Did they talk to Tiger? No, they did not talk to Tiger. And they. I think Hmm. I listened to an interview with uh, the book author where he said, like, I don't know that there was anything more we get out because he's such a controlled media trained person at this point and all the info they got was you know stuff that was out there in the world you got a, lo- a little bit of insight into his childhood you talked to his um his first girlfriend from high school who basically i don't know this is these are spoilers um his parents basically made him break up with her through a letter she reads oh, the letter it's gnarly it's pretty gnarly, but then you kind of see how much control they really exerted over him, uh, his whole upbringing. I mean, I guess there's sort of like the the bigger mystery to me is the mom. I'd say a literal tiger mom. You've got an Asian mom who like is putting all these agendas on you, but like she just didn't talk to the press the way the dad did. So it's a little harder to break into like their relationship and understand it. Mm. Um, it does get get to me a couple times. I mean, after his dad dies and she's going through a lot of stuff, I was like, sort of like that's this is like somewhat of a relatable scenario, but he's just why, like not a relate. Well, just like you know, losing a parent like is sort of hard oh for, for you, anyone, obviously, yeah, yeah. But like, it, but like, it, you don't get like a uh, the kind of insight that you'd think you'd want in a documentary about a figure like this. Being so. not a sports fan yourself and not really knowing Tiger, did you like this documentary? And why did you watch it? I watched it because I thought we were going to have to talk about it on another podcast, potentially. But I ended up liking it's sort of like it's it's like doing a psychological breakdown of a person through, you know, all these quotations and things you piece together about their life. And, you know. It's sort of a portrait of a monomaniacal person, right? Someone whose entire uh, being was about, I guess, two things. We thought it was only about one, but they were connected. Uh, but yeah, just how uh, how 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 dri- one, the one person who's so driven by a goal and like winning and like letting his personal life fall apart as a right. result. I mean, that's like a common enough thing that's like compelling. Right. Well, so, even like, Jordan retired for a couple of years and left the game of basketball at his height, you know? Well, did short, Jordan had a lot of in, input into the film that into, into his films, right? Into yeah. the last dance. Yeah. I mean, cause he's interviewed producer ex- on it, right? And yeah. interviewed extensively. Yeah. 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 So that would be, I mean, maybe that was like too much control. So maybe this is better to like piece True. this together from yeah. what like, so much press. I like didn't realize like this ended up getting uh, written about uh, in the papers as much as like nine eleven. Like I, I was around, but I wasn't like following tabloids. But it was like it was in the news for like months. Like all, this is like one of the most famous people in the world. 
Well, and he had a squeaky clean persona. And that was what caught him, I think. Is like, yeah. And then also he apologized where he could have, I think, the, the tact now. I think he maybe got, it, it was really like a personal issue. I mean, obviously, like, it involved a ton of people, but it didn't need to. I wonder if it would have played out slightly differently now than in 2010 you know, when it happened in terms of uh, the shaming aspects of you know, uh, his, his addictions, but, um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it's three hours and at the end it, but it took, it took a couple of turns and they were surprising to me as someone who hadn't really followed the story. How's the filmmaking? How's the editing? How's the filmmaking of it? Um, yeah, like considering they could only kind of work with like interviewing people in his periphery, they got good people. Like his caddy was around for a lot of it. Uh, family friends, the high school girlfriends, a key figure in all of this as well. But then just like a lot of other golf guys that were around him where it's like, I'm like, I guess I should know who these golf dudes are. I don't really, right. I don't really care that much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I think they did a good job with what they had. So, uh, but yeah, not having a key primary interview is, you know, it seems like a, would you uh, recommend this to a non-sports fan, non-Tiger fan, uh, just a documentary fan? Just, just for like if you like stories about people that are just driven, singularly driven, uh, the stuff about his fame, maybe. I mean, obviously the fame was a huge part of his life, but uh, like that's like not relatable to most people. It's right. just like you'll never know what it's like to have been Tiger Woods, to be that subject of that much scrutiny. But um, being really driven and having these kind of weird demons, I think, is is compelling part. Which is that. interesting because our last episode was about Henry Darger, who is like the exact opposite, you know? <laughs> yeah. He had he the exact, op- literally the exact opposite life. Yeah. Which is very compelling in itself. So, yeah, that's my take on Tiger. Uh, as a non-sports fan, I still found it compelling, but uh, I kind of wish there was a, a way to dig into the man's brain directly. So. Well, speaking of singularly driven, we have uh, Operation Odessa, which you cannot be blamed if you did not watch it on Netflix or if you've never heard of it because it's never one of those it. late night, four white claws in, maybe smoking a doobie, just checking out Netflix. And it was one of those for me where um, I got to admit, my buddy um, Stephen Lynch, uh, texted me and said, have you seen this? Stephen's been a guest on, on the pod. Uh, have you seen that? He does. We regularly text each other different t- docs to watch. And he was like, have you seen this? And I was like, no, I'm going to check it out. And oh my God, it's of the, it is of the uh, McMillions kind of feeling. I'm trying to remember the um, doc I covered with Chris Riggins about the cocaine. Oh, yeah, the island, Cocaine Island. Yeah, yeah Cocaine yeah. Island. It's got the exact same. It's like farcical. It's It seems like a slapstick Mel Brooks comedy. Mm. Um, and this is about, it's a true crime story. It's, it's definitely a caper. If you're ever going to use the word caper, this would be a great documentary to use that. It's it's about a um, cocaine cartel dealer, Kali cocaine cartel leader, a Russian mob enforcer, and a Miami car dealer uh, dis- mm. want to buy a submarine from Russia. 
a nuclear submarine because they find <laughs> out that the, the fucking Russia in this is in the 90s uh they were just unloading things they were just oh, selling right. everything the Soviet Union fell basically okay. yep and they found out that they were selling submarines <laughs> and, and they want sub yes and they wanted to buy it to bring cocaine into the United States. Everything was for sale in the Soviet Russia. And oh um, it's about their harebrained scheme to buy a submarine. Um, so are the, is it interviews with the, the people that were part of this caper? Yes, all of them. Oh. Including, reenactments? Are we no, reenactments? Oh, yeah, definitely reenactments. Yeah, yeah, okay. But, but they talked to everybody, including the, um, the uh, Colombian carcane, cocaine cartel uh, <sighs> dude who's still in hiding somewhere. Um, but they got the interview. <laughs> they interviewed him. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, they interview all of these guys, and they're all bigger than life, all fucking up to no good. They all <laughs> at one point um, kind of do a double turn on each other. Great. And it's yeah. it's really good. It's very very funny. It's horribly made. Okay. <laughs> horribly made. I'm I'm sold. I'm sold. Yes. <laughs> it's an awful documentary. Mm-hmm. As far as filmmaking, and this mm-hmm. is from someone who's never made a fucking doc in his life, so mm-hmm. don't come at, don't at me. But it is not well made. It's like a 2018, I think it was 2017, 2018. It felt like it had been made a decade before, and somebody was like, "Netflix is buying shit." But um, it's it's a great story. It's compelling because of these guys' personalities and everyone's different stories that they tell. Um, and the, just the fucking idea that they actually put this together and but I'm not going to give you the ending, but it's, it's, um, it's a great, it's a great, you, you, you don't leave feeling bad after watching this doc. You don't okay. feel leave. It's one, it's one doc. It's not a series. Yeah. It's old school. It's a one and done. Yeah. She's a one and doneer. So that's Operation Odessa. And oh, you know, we, we, we haven't been telling people where you can find these. So Night Stalker is uh, Netflix. Netflix. Yeah. Tiger. HBO. Gotcha. Operation Odessa is Netflix. Yeah. I, I, as a, and so it was a Netflix original or yeah maybe they bought it after the fact this can't be it's the quality is too dude like lisa nashimura is not like accepting these right like yeah mafia stories okay yeah it sounds like something it again it sounds like a a great unmade coen brothers movie it's and at one point dude one of the guys from america goes over to the soviet union because they get kind of busted and he pretends he's pablo escobar and they buy it that like all these Soviet generals and stuff are like, Hey, we're talking to Pablo Escobar. And so th- it kind of puts things, it's, it's crazy. There's all kinds of things that I don't know where people get the balls to do these things. I swear to God, but it's a great doc. It's very, very entertaining. So, um, it's not well-made, but it's entertaining. So I would say definitely give it a watch. Good story. All right. Great. Um, this next thing that I wanted to talk about is available on Amazon Prime. And I'd say there's like no story essentially to this. It's more like a weird anthropological, ethnographic view of a mall in Alabama. And it's called Jasper Mall. Came out uh, last year. Bradford Thomason and Brett Whitcomb are the filmmakers. Really like slow paced, almost like 
not quite Frederick Wiseman because it's got these weird, just like empty mall shots. Yeah. Like with incidental music. Right. Uh, really beautifully shot, just decaying uh, economy of America. And also before COVID, like it was already dying oh, retail before COVID. It's just like a mall where they're having trouble like getting tenants. Some of the long-standing tenants that have been there for like decades are leaving. People just go there as like a meeting place to go play like backgammon or cards or whatever. Go walk. It, uh, also, weirdly, I was like really trying to identify the accent of the main guy that shows you around who is a caretaker. Uh, I wanted to say he was South African. Somewhere I read he's Australian. But uh, almost at the end of the film, you realize... He is another person who ran a roadside zoo. Oh my and this god! This is their second career. Wait, I'm sorry, but where is this? Where is Jasper? Jasper, Mall? Alabama. And uh, so oh, okay, yeah. So somehow this Australian dude who ran um, a quasi-legal zoo. You oh know, my god! Quite of questionable. Why are <laughs> like there just, so many of these places? Yeah, yeah. Like it's 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 just like like a weird reveal at the end. I'm just like, okay, that actually kind of makes sense now that we know more about roadside zoos, but, um, right. Yeah. Thank you. Tiger King. Yeah. This is sort of like an art film. It's not like, and it doesn't like, you know, shit on people. It has a bit of, has a lot of empathy for the people, like both the people that attend the mall and people that have shops in the mall. Uh, it just is like really this slice of, what America at the end of the 2010, the 20, I guess the 2010, the 20 teens, 20 teens. Yeah. is like, uh, Weird. but like right before COVID hits and, um, it has yeah. kind of an arrow Morris feel to it. I mean, yeah. just from hearing, I haven't seen it, but I mean, I would throw this into weird Americana. I mean, it's a bit Ooh. almost like poetic or yeah. know, lyrical elements to it. Um, it's very much unlike everything else we've talked about in that, like, it's just all atmospheric sort of like love it slice of American life. Um, yeah. really, really interesting. Uh, I would not recommend to everyone. You have to be kind of like into that vibe that I'm describing. Right, to, right, right. Uh, it's, it's to spend 90 minutes in this mall. But, uh, oh, man, I mean, malls everywhere. It's just like, it's so, I get so sad when I go to malls that are like, you know, yeah. not the Glendale Galleria, but like there was like a mall uh, in I never in understood LA. the I, appeal. I lived like a mile from the Glendale Galleria and I'd go all the time and I, ne I just never got the, I didn't understand the appeal. It's it like an active mall though. I mean, like there's a mall, like when you see oh, a, like a yeah. dying mall in LA, which there's one I used to go to the movie theater all the time when we had movie pass. And it's just like, it's pretty dark. Like, yeah. like, like only like five open storefronts right. in like this entire mall other than the movie theater. And that's yeah. in LA. Yeah. Ugh. It's weird. I, where I grew up in, they used to call Kalamazoo the mall city because there were like seven malls mm -hmm. in Kalamazoo, this town of a hundred thousand people. And now they're just fucking abandoned. Mostly. It's really weird. It's really wild. There's always like some like kind of like, like, um, weird restaurant. That, that people still kind of go to and then right. like a like um all-purpose general store or something see the glendale uh mall actually has good food like there's yeah like pretty good food at the glendale mall so and i you know i i have my favorites that i hit there's a really great twitter uh for the uh, uh americana 
where it just compares the Glendale Galleria and the Americana. Like they just it's all memes comparing them. It's it's pretty funny. Um, and this is getting super into mall talk. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, as someone I mean, I think certain generations grew up with malls and I, I don't know that that's going to it's still not it's not going to be the case for long. And I don't know what they're going to do with all that real estate. It's sort of just like broken utopias. I kind of like the idea of a broken mm, utopia. Yeah, that's what a mall is. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, and they can see that on Amazon Prime, your broken utopia. Uh, Jasper Mall, on, speaking of broken utopias, All this right. is a weird segue, but it, it really does fit in the, the United States as a broken utopia. I watched uh, the doc series Trial 4 on Netflix and is yet again another black guy accused serves hella years in jail. <sighs> Only, fuck it, I'm going to say it anyways, only to be found not guilty. Okay. Um, but we're talking 20 plus years. And many, trial four means he had four different trials. Where one of the, and- again, one of the fucking, so the, I did a, a Zoom comedy show the other night. And I all I talked about was this doc. <laughs> on set because okay. it, it pisses me off so much, this fucking... It's 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 a Franz it's Franz Kafka esque like to be, it's one thing to live your life as a black male in the United States. It's another to have to then, you know, go to jail because of something you didn't do. Because it's easier to pick pen it on you than to to own up to the fact that this was probably done by a fucking cop. You know, whatever mm-hmm. the thing is. But there's then there's always these dickhead district attorneys who won't let it go. And then even after different courts are like, no, let this guy out. There's not enough evidence that the jury pool is tainted, whatever. The judge obviously was biased. There's always a district attorney. It's like, you know what? No, no, I'm not going to let it go. We're going to retry this guy. We're going to retry it. You know, it's just such bullshit. And now I'll go ahead. Does he get tried four times? Is that the the basis? Oh God. Four separate fucking trials. The same crime? Yes. Oh, that's and the, that's not supposed to happen. Well, it's be, it's like you can because you have uh, like um, procedural problems. Like there was a hung jury or that kind of stuff. You know what I'm saying? Um, this is Boston. Is Boston? You know, is okay. So the, the the racial part of this is coming together. You uh, can't help but mind. see it. Yeah, uh, exactly. And it always takes like a hoagie eaten public defender who's like overworked. And just is out for justice and gets no money that fucking finally sets these fuckers free, man. Um, And it's just like it pisses me off when I see our fucking federal Capitol building stormed by a bunch of fucking white people who are going to have no jail time or like thing. Yeah. Right. And then we have that kid in, in New York who was in Rutgers Island for stealing a fucking backpack for three years. It turns out he didn't even do it. Three years. I mean, come on. That's fucking mind-blowing, dude. And then you have people who fucking storm the Capitol with guns or weapons or something, and the judge gets lets them out on, on bail. Oh yeah, I just I just read about a case of this of a Woo! It was pisses me off. Not yeah, didn't get any bail situation or anything. No, it, yeah, yeah. Oh the yeah the chick with the laptop, Pelosi's laptop, and I mean it's it's dude, 
It's crazy. So if you want to get pissed off like I am right now, watch Trial 4. It's really good. It's this really good. Netflix. Netflix. It's a really good job of filmmaking. It's actually one of the best docs I've seen. It's a series um, in quite a while. It's very compelling. It's really well made. You cry. You're going to get pissed off. You're going to laugh. You're going to clap because justice prevails watch it it's it is really good um but it will piss you off because and if you're not pissed off you don't have a heart i think i saw the trailers for this and i'm just like i don't feel like this one got talked about no it's the title it's the title it's It's a rough title yeah it's trial four means nothing to people and Mm -hmm. i don't think you should ever put a number in a documentary title that's the paco romaine's rule number one yeah don't put a number because if if your documentary is called like 75 roses people are like i don't like it (laughs) That's like I think someone on Twitter was saying how they took their mom to see 28 Days Later because they thought it was a sequel to the Sandra Bullock movie 28 Days. No. Oh, my God. That's funny. <laughs> um, yeah. That's I, I, funny. Okay. I'm, I will check out Trial 4. I, I, Netflix has been pretty good about doing some like social justice uh, yeah. incarceration uh, docs. And, you know, the for as a platform, I think that's like – uh, uh, yeah, they're pretty good for those. To me, there's nothing in my life. There's nothing worse than being tried and then put into jail for something you fucking didn't do. And then you have the system saying, just plead guilty and you'll get a lesser charge. If you don't mm-hmm. plead guilty, you're never going to be up for parole and you're going to get the most the maximum sentence. It's so draconian and it's so gross and nightmarish. Like I, I it's crazy to me that that and, and and it's like one of these things we've seen time and time again it's just like rich people get out of it somehow it's i.e like, white it's people such it's such a it's such a rigged system for sure absolutely dude all right uh criminal justice uh the other side of the true crime coin we need to the, the exoneration uh the true crime exoneration doc I love to see an exoneration happen. Yeah. Um, I, I'm really going to skip what I want. I, I, I would just say quickly that I really love How To with John Wilson on HBO. Uh, it's produced by Nathan Fielder. It's this kind of memoir uh, slash the premise. It's com- It's like a comedy show with weird footage. It's not found footage. It's just like footage he took of all over New York. It sort of makes me like miss new york and people uh because it's just like he he will talk about something ostensibly like how to make risotto and then it is a ton of subtext about a bunch of other different things about just like intimacy this is a guy who like basically films everything in his life so his like it's like his perspective and like his distance he has with like everyone around him in a way. Oh, interesting. Is, is part of what the story is, but it's also just like a footage of like, just like very weird metaphorical footage. Like just like the weird shit you see in New York, like a pigeon uh, fighting a rat or something. And then it right. will turn in or like a dripping air conditioner. And then like that somehow references another situation that he's describing. It's very hard to explain what goes on in how to with John Wilson. He, that John Wilson is a filmmaker. He essentially films like everything. It's a six part. Uh, I believe each episode's a half hour on HBO and it really fits into that weird Nathan Fielder vibe of like Nathan. So what does Nathan Fielder have to do with this doc? What did he He's an executive producer on, I believe like John Wilson was making these kind of films before and then Nathan Fielder helped shepherd him into HBO 
Got to, you. to do this kind of, it's, it's a mix of like autobiography, memoir, and um, just w- weird Americana for sure. He does a great thing on conspiracy theories. It's just like you, it, it, there's like four or five everywhere. It's, it's just like a classic, like it's almost like a classic comedy thing. It's almost like a Simpsons thing. Like you start with one topic by the time you're at the end of a half hour, you've gone four different directions. Oh, so this is a series. It's a sort of a, yeah, like this is season one, How To With John Wilson. There's oh, interesting. And it sort of ends with the very beginning of COVID. Um, it's really hard to explain. I didn't do a good, good job of it because uh, I, I want to kind of crank through a couple other things because I, I wanted to also talk about a documentary I hate. But this is one I really is co- arguable whether it fits our general documentary rubric. Right. But, Let me ask, before we move on, though, sorry, mm-hmm. but so... The title is misleading a bit. So I don't know if I would have watched this because of the title. We're back at title. It's a very interesting subject matter because about titling your docs. Because like I would have not watched. I don't like this title. How to with John Wilson. I don't like it. I would not watch it. Firstly, you don't know who John Wilson is, right? And no then you idea. think it's going to be like a Bob Ross or some kind of self-help thing or... Something. I just don't like how how to means that I'm going to have to listen to a lecture. Basically. So this is like where I think it's like what the name is like one of these things, but like I don't want to over explain how to is John Wilson because I think it's sort of like to be experienced. Um, Interesting. As like, okay. Yeah. Like the, it is like a fake out. It's the title is in a way is a fake out. Like, in, uh, which is Nathan Fielder-ish. Yeah. Sh- it, 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 yeah. Like the, the, the very dry comedy aspect of it is also in there, um, sort of the self-referentialness. So it's like a new genre. I'd say it's like, it's not a genre I'm, I would, I know how to really define. Uh, Comedy docu-series of some sort. Yeah, in a way where it's not like, uh, yeah. I think that's like the closest, that's a that's a good encapsulation, but it's, it's, it's again, like Jasper Mall, it's sort of got these sort of very oblique, like poetic sort of, metaphorical aspect very american yeah i would say interesting yeah so i paco check out check out at least two of them and i think you'll be hooked in i'd like i'd like now because now i want to now that you've given the george chen stamp of approval um i i I actually now want to watch this at first i mean because i haven't seen it in your explanation sounds awesome but like i when you wrote that actually when i was saw this on our document i was like that sounds boring <laughs> exactly yeah. how i responded to operation odessa <laughs> just seeing it written out um, right yeah it's 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 like weirdly like i would say uh it, you know it's not like we, i don't know if you're if you can date people in the conventional way and it's like it would be like a date movie series or something it's sort of like uh there's some gross out moments but it's like really it's like it makes you think. It's like art housey in that Interesting. sense. So right. I'm really pushing the art house angle on the documentaries these days. Yeah, you are. If you notice that, Tiger is really an exception for me. That is a big exception. And as is the next thing I wanted to just bring up as a film I did not like, and I really want to save everyone a little bit of time. This is one where I took the bullet for you, and this is '69: The Saga of Danny Hernandez. Uh, on Hulu, which is the story of Danny Hernandez, a.k.a. Takeshi69. <laughs> I literally just saw this and I was like, I don't really, I know the name and I know there is 
a criminal aspect to this, but I do not know what is the deal with this guy is. And right. it's made by someone that we've kind of talked about on the show before, which who is Vikram Gandhi. Wait, who, Vikram Gandhi made this? Vikram Gandhi made this film for Hulu. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. And if you don't remember, he is the guy who did Kumare, which is sort of like a prank a guru thing. And I, I just, as I was Googling today, he has, uh, he brought that character back to kind of bore at some people into like a reality comedy series. Oh, no. And I, I didn't like Kumare. And no. I, I, I feel like I know people that know Vikram Gandhi, but I think he did a bad job with this story. And right. I think he does this annoying thing of inserting himself into the story. He also directed Barry, right? Yeah, I believe I produced. I think he was a producer on Barry, producer or director on Barry um, with uh, your your buddy, Adam Monsbach. Uh, yeah. We've talked to about. Um, yeah, he is involved in that as well. But so like I don't I, here's the thing. I don't want to like throw such shade where like I don't know this guy. He's friends of friends of ours, I think. But. Um, the saga of Danny Hernandez, firstly, uh, what a piece of shit. Uh, right. this guy is, a, this guy is <laughs> yes. like, uh, not only he's, 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 his talent is being a troll. Right. Uh, and you know, some respect to trolls out there, but he, uh, so many things he's done wrong in this world. Uh, like, uh, there's, it involves, uh, sexual assault of a minor in this story. Awesome. Um, domestic abuse Jesus. um and then just even on the notion that this is a guy who became like a viral star and then started running with a gang and then spoiler at the end snitches on the gang that he yeah. was hanging out with for credibility and protection Jesus. and like like he's dug the biggest hole for himself if he just stayed the guy at the bodega who just rapped he right 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 fine uh, and it's, they also break my rule. There's an although it is 69, which the is no a pretty, snitching rule. No, the putting a, t- a, <laughs> oh, a yeah. in the title. <laughs> yes, and also no, it's not what you think it's going to be. Stitches based get on the stitches, title. but yeah. yeah, exactly. But 69 is a nice number. So it's but I I mean that might be the only number you should have. And, but and, still, and somehow so like this is a like, very unlikable person. Uh, you don't need to. Um, I mean, you do see like sort of some like trauma with his, his upbringing and stuff involved, but um, and then like Vikram Gandhi kind of pulls like a weird like kind of like when I would try to write an essay in college and try to make it seem deep in the last like paragraph, uh, like. But really, are we the problem? It's, I'm like, I'm you gonna, made the movie for money. Right. I don't know that we're the problem. Uh, can, so can we pull apart this crazy onion. Uh, of- yeah. Oh, man. So I okay. Uh, some shade to Vikram Gandhi uh, for this film. Uh, you know, Kumari, I sort of got the the bit. Uh, I don't know that it needed to be brought back. Weirdly, he's also in Batman versus Superman, which I do not remember at playing oh. himself. I guess as a journalist, I don't. I do not remember this. But this is IMDb credits. But um. Vikram, we should have him on the show maybe at some point to yeah. talk about these things. But um, yeah, I I learned some stuff about Takeshi Six Nine, but <laughs> how much? Do you really this is a know? this is a skip. This is a skip. All this right, is a full skip. Skip it, and I will. I have no desire to watch that documentary. So there we go. Um, 
let's, uh, you know, I do have some biopics I was going to talk about because, you know, George and I used to do biopsy. Maybe we'll bring it back. Um, biopics are basically the um, narrative of documentaries. So I, let me just, just run through these real quick. Mank, I thought Mank was fucking awesome. It got Gary Oldman, yeah. Gary Oldman in a wonderful performance. And it got the reason I watched it because it was getting stepped on on <laughs> social media. People were hating it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, let me see what all the fuss is about. And I loved it. Mm-hmm. Thought it was brilliant. So loved Mank. Professor and the Mad Men r- was really good. What's I, that I, one? I don't know who is that. Mel- about? It's about um, the dude that put together the first um, uh, encyclopedia. Oh, or dictionary, rather. I'm sorry. The Oxford English Dictionary in the 19th century. There's a great book by Simon Winchester called The Surgeon of Crawthorn. And it's about um, this professor who gets picked to put together the first dictionary. And he uses this insane guy who's in prison to help him out. And that's oh. played by Sean Penn. Oh, um, this does sound good. It's Where was, really good. Where is this one available? Because I haven't heard much about this one. Netflix. Oh, okay. Mank also Netflix. And Mank, just to back up, he's the guy who is uncredited for working on Citizen Kane. Is that right? Well, no, there was a written by by both, by, okay, by Orson both. and Mankiewicz. And he Orson never wrote a word of oh, Citizen oh. Kane, basically. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he takes full credit. Mm-hmm. Um Great. Thanks, Orson. Um, so Make is great. Professor and the Mad Men is really great. Mel Gibson and his bullshit ideology aside, it's a really great performance by both of those guys, by Sean Penn and Mel Gibson. I mean, Gary Oldman's got some weird ideologies as well. Oh, I guess he I does, too. Yeah, he's That's right. God, I keep man. learning about people who uh, I used to like. Uh, Graham Linehan, I just learned about being a turf, or I don't know if he'd call himself a turf, just straight up a transphobe. Uh, oh, who's wow. like guy who did IT crowd and black books who, which I right. love and worked with like brass eye and all this stuff. Uh, yeah. Just learning about some assholes uh, out there. Yeah. Uh, they're out there. Yeah. Next up. I, w- I did watch the crown also. Some of it. You watched the whole great. four seasons. I watched yeah. the whole fucking thing. It was really good. Love Olivia Coleman. Love. Oh, love, oh my love God. Olivia. It's so wonderfully shot and acted and, choreography and cinematography and the writing it's i watched the entire four seasons in about a week or two really really good also on netflix also a bio um biopic and then i saw get on up which was something that i just i love james brown so much and i could not get myself to watch this biopic because i'm i'm like it's it's just they all follow ray basically it's like they take the ray script and they're like, he had a troubling childhood. Something crazy happened in his childhood. Then he grew up to be one of the greatest performances performers ever. And who plays James Brown in this? Chadwick Boseman. Oh, this is right. like one of his last roles? Okay. Uh, no, one of oh, his first. Is- oh. Uh, this came out in like 2013 or something. Shit. Yeah, this came out a long time ago, and I heard that he is mesmerizing in it, and I was like, whatever. But as we all know... Chadwick Boseman passed away, and I, I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna give it a shot because I love James Brown, and and Chadwick's a great actor. And I gotta say, it was it's really good. It's really good. I was pleasantly surprised, um, and Chadwick Boseman's amazing in it. I mean, he looks and sounds just like the Godfather. Wow. Um, so Does he do his own singing. 
Does he actually? I think he does. Jesus Christ. He does. And he's got the moves. I mean, it's incredible. It's really good. It's really good for, for people who are into biopics, which I am and George is. It's yeah. it's really good. And it's worth it's worth checking out. It's on Hulu. Um and I saw I, I saw it on Hulu. So Yeah. I, I was gonna say he's done a bunch of biopics actually from because I watched the Thurgood Marshall thing that he did. Right. Oh yeah, well, which was yeah, that's was really good. Pretty good, yeah. There's yeah, he's great. So there's some weird stuff in in the film, um, but yeah. Uh, well, that's kind of everything that we wanted to talk about. There's that is a couple things that are, I've been hearing about that I want to check out. Uh, where maybe next time we'll get to those. If you've got stuff that you've been watching that you think we need to check out or do a whole episode on. Just get at us on Twitter at Subdoc Podcast, Instagram, uh, our Gmail. It's all there. Yeah, and also pitch us a doc. Like one of the things we love to hear from people is like, what would you make into a documentary? Like, uh, you know, um, the um, Night Stalker documentary series was made by two narrative filmmakers who I apparently the one guy met one of the cops at a restaurant and talked to him and was like, oh, this would make a great documentary series so like we'd l- love to know i mean obviously we do not have the power to make any documentary <laughs> for you uh, not yet not yet, not if, you put yet. It, if you get it on the show then we get producer credit that's, that's right that's the rule if we if we pitch your doc uh we get producer credit but follow us uh hit us up on twitter hit us up on instagram we're also on facebook um and tell your friends about subdoc please love to uh get some more listeners into into our show yeah um, we're, we're hitting six years of doing this Paco. oh my god Coming we up are real hitting soon. six years Yes, we are. Well, but George, let's go back through them again. Night, I, I, uh, I said Night Stalker on Netflix. If you're into true crime, Richard Ramirez, it's a pretty good doc series. It's you know fairly well made. It's it could have been two ep- two episodes. It's four, but I say if you're into true crime, watch it. Uh, again, for me, Tiger, compelling, uh, outside in portrait of a very driven man uh, who's had a lot of troubles. And, uh, yeah, uh, HBO. HBO. Yep. Right on. Operation Odessa. If you're in for a good time and a good laugh and a crazy story, it's on Netflix. Um, it's okay filmmaking, but it's worth the story. Yeah. Jasper Mall was my other pick, uh, for just like a portrait of America in decline. And that's on Amazon prime. And trial four, it will piss you off. And if it doesn't, you don't have a heart, a a mistaken identity, wrongful jail, Boston race, the whole thing. Uh, Check it out on Netflix. And I I recommend the entire first season of How to with John Wilson on HBO. I'm actually very excited about this one. Yeah, I I think you're going to I think you're going to like it. I mean, it's really it's really funny and really sad and weird at the same time and very hard to describe. And I tell everyone to take a pass on both Takeshi 69 The Person and the documentary <laughs> The Song of Danny Hernandez. There you go. And check out Make the Professor and the Madman the Crown and get on up for your biopic um, pleasantries. Get all you can there. Thank you guys for listening. Yep. Catch you next time. Yeah.